0: Welcome to the Purple Mountain Podcast, creating a loving and sacred space to share truth and knowledge with Chris and Stephen of the Purple Mountain. hi everyone and uh, welcome to the purple mountain live uh we're a little bit later than scheduled today but all things happen for a reason we have these obstacles but i'm sure it's going to be well worth the wait we are joined by david ike once again so please you could join us david uh and give us this time because i know you keep him very busy and doing as much work as you can
1: yeah uh, well the reason we're a bit delayed is because um i do a, an interview somewhere in the world uh virtually every weekday at five o'clock uk time and i knew i had an interview today and just the head goes well okay that's five o'clock so uh, it wasn't; it were two o'clock <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so that's that's the delay uh it's me uh but uh anyway we're here now we're here we're brilliant going. brilliant brilliant
0: <laughs> and the last time we spoke to you david it was actually on november the 5th and that is such really a short time ago but so much has happened since uh and and a lot that we spoke about in the last videos and i know you've been putting a lot of content out uh weekly and daily yourself uh, and doing a lot of research but um the thing that i'm becoming more aware of at the moment is this tremendous guilt narratives that's being put on people of already trying to place in people's minds that they're doing something wrong when they're, they're not. Um, and just I just wanted to come to you, first of all, and, and some of your thoughts on where we're up to now in this
1: situation. Right. OK, well, I'll see you in about an hour then. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you, you, you picked up on a very important uh, part of the story. You you can't understand uh, what's happening unless you realize it is a psychological war on the the human mind. And the relationship between uh, government and law enforcement and the public is one of, um, you could call it, domestic abuse. If you look at the psychology of psychopaths, because these people are psychopaths, Uh, involved in forms of abuse, whether it's child abuse or whether it's uh, domestic abuse or any kind of abuse. Uh, The dynamic is of the psychopath dominating um, the person being abused, but the abused taking on the guilt that it's somehow their fault. So uh, again and again, you know, way back um when i was working uh, for the bbc i i did a film on what were then called um battered wives hostels uh they wouldn't be called that now but that's what they were called then this mm. would be back in the, what 1970s late 1970s and there was a lady called erin Pitsey, um who was the wife of a um a, a, a well-known television journalist who fronted up this exposure of how um, domestic abuse is not something that should be just, um, you know, pushed under the carpet. It was real and it needed to be addressed. Anyway, because of that, I ended up doing um, a a film at one of these hostels. And uh, among the the things that I, I saw was the amount of guilt that the abused had for what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you, you get this, um, this guilt uh, in, imposition, manipulation on children. I mean, I've done enormous amounts of research on uh, uh, child abuse, sexual child abuse, uh, violent child abuse. And again, you have this same dynamic of the abuser making the abused feel guilty. And one of the, one of the interesting things from my point of view about current events, is that, again, um, from about 1996 uh, in America and other countries, but it started out in America, uh, and then across into to Britain uh, to, to, what, 1996 to 2003, four. Mm. I did a tremendous amount of uh, research again into uh, mind control and, of course, this, all this abuse, and it's your fault when I'm doing it, is all part of mind and perception control, and I yeah. talked to a, a long stream of uh, people who'd been uh, held captive in the infamous MK Ultra mind control operation in America, which came to light in the seventies and then was massively covered up. I mean, only I mean, a fraction of what happened ever came out. Mm. Uh, and what I'm seeing now, when I look at the populations worldwide and i look at what governments are saying and 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 how people are being uh, treated and what they're being told to do and not do it's straight out of the uh, playbook of mk ultra it's, mm-hmm. it's a uh, a collective version of that and it's about dismantling the human psyche dismantling human self-respect because once self-respect is gone then only submission remains. Yeah. And the stuff with the masks, uh, where the holes are far bigger than viral particles anyway, and if you believe this virus, I certainly don't. I, I believe it less every day. Um, but the um, the whole uh, idea that these masks are about health is ridiculous. In fact, they're about destroying health yeah. through... Um, uh Breathing in your own carbon dioxide and uh, not enough oxygen for your brain and your body, uh, and uh, having these uh, toxin-filled masks on your face all day. Uh, We had a—you probably saw it. uh, There was a a very good video circulating in the last uh, week or so, which we had on DavidUp.com, which was a doctor uh, with a passionate plea uh, for people to take their masks off because he said they're killing you, and he told the story of. how and the, the reason he was so passionate in making this video. Um, he'd uh, heard overnight that uh, a four-year-old patient of his had been rushed to hospital with uh, serious respiratory problems. Four years old, and almost died, and even the people at the hospital diagnosed the fact that it was caused by a, uh, a, a an infection in the lungs from uh, wearing a mask. Uh, and all that uh, toxins gathering and then being taken in the lungs so um, it's nothing to do with health it's actually about destroying health because respiratory problems always got COVID-19 now we're gonna see more and more of this as the respiratory consequences of uh, long-term mask wearing um, uh, go on and they want to increase it where you're wearing more and more and more some idiots now are talking about you, you you need to wear two masks Um, Well, I'll tell you where you can stick them, and the sun ain't shining there. (laughs) But but the the point being that we're looking at this, uh, it's a psychological operation, which is why the point you raise is so important. Uh, And so you have, of course you do, the policy in Britain, around the world, but certainly it could be identified in Britain, is being driven by psychologists from the uh, the government's um, Behavioural Insights Team, there's another operation which connects into that called uh, SPY-B. These are um, psychologist-led bodies that so-called advising the government on the policy. Uh, And so you you have this dynamic between government and population now, which is of an abuser and an abused uh, population, yes. and so what you're seeing, because the, the abuser has to uh, has to get acquiescence mm. and uh, has to get um, servitude from the person they're abusing, and they do that by getting the abused person um, in fear of them, and so now you're seeing more and more brutality from what I call the yellow shirts the uh, the police uh, being uh, seen uh, more and more obviously. It, it is uh, literally a um, uh, a dynamic of abuser and abused. And so um, you get beat up in the street by these yellow shirts, brown shirts, black shirts, yellow shirts, and uh, it's your fault. It's your yeah. fault. You shouldn't have left your home. It's your fault. And by the way, what we're doing, is we're using this uh, uh, RT-PCR test, which uh, the creator, Kerry Mullis, said cannot be used to diagnose infectious disease, and we're going to use it to diagnose infectious disease. And what that's going to do is give us, um, I say, 100% uh, uh, false positives, but even those that believe in it say that false positives are colossal. Uh, uh, anyone with a brain, that is, that believes mm-hmm. in it. Uh, and And so uh, we're going to create all these um fake cases, overwhelming majority of which have no symptoms of anything and we're going to tell you as we manipulate the tests by using um, amplification of the uh, genetic material used in the test by phenomenal amounts to the point where you know a, a stone would uh, uh, test positive with this test because the amplification is so great the more you amplify it the more uh, positives you get fake positives and uh, so as we manipulate the figures and the cases to go up and up fake cases we're going to tell you it's your fault and then yeah. we then what we're going to do is um between uh if you die of anything after a fake positive uh uh test with a test not testing for the virus within 28 days and even longer up to 60 days yeah and if you if you die of anything in that period after a test that's not testing for the virus, we're going to say you died of the virus. And that's going to uh, uh, push up the death figures. And we're going to say you're responsible. And just to finish on this point, I we had a story on Davidite.com the other day it was out of America. And it was literally it had children apologizing uh, and grandchildren apologizing to their elderly uh, relatives. For giving them COVID nineteen, and so the, the guilt of that they'll carry for the rest of their lives. So you cannot do this unless you're a freaking psychopath. And by understanding yeah. that's what these people are, um, there's the, the, the super psychopaths, and then there's the mm-hmm. idiot psychopaths like uh, Matt Hancock and uh, and Boris Johnson. And and the dynamic is um, abuse and abuser, and uh, that and and a psychological dismantling of the human psyche. So we become subs- subservient to anything we're told to do yeah. or not. I, yeah, think,
2: I think a big, big I think a big thing there is what I'd just like to interject there is mm-hmm. I think there's a huge war. Yeah. I call it a war. It's a war against consciousness. Yeah, and That's what I feel is this big war. And I think what I'm seeing more and more, which it is it's quite frightening to really see is you can't have a different opinion. You know, We live in a society where people will just believe anything and they don't question things. And we try to, me and Chris try to do this all the time in our videos, get, you know, encourage people to question what they're reading. Do your own research. But people are, I will call it, become so ignorant. Your word's passive, submissive they don't even question anything now. They will just believe this narrative, and that I think that's so dangerous. That people just believe this illusion, this these lies. And but if you if you dare to question it, you're against. You're an enemy of the state. You're an enemy. It's your fault. Why you're why why all this virus is spreading? It's rubbish.
1: Exactly. Uh, so I must be in bloody trouble. Then, mustn't I? but um <laughs> cool enough. I somehow survived the um what you've described uh, is 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 a very interesting point because if we go back to um mind control and things like m k ultra, when people are in a mind controlled state it it really doesn't matter, and they'll tell you that you know those that have of of being have been deprogrammed from it or are in the process of being deprogrammed from it. Uh, And, uh, again, there's a wonderful um, kind of parallel to this, and that's when you look at what happens to people in cults. Yeah. Uh, That's a a cult situation, and that's what we have. We have a COVID cult, Um, is a a situation of mind control, perception control. Now, Mm -hmm. if you talk um, to uh, someone who's, who's in a cult, or you talk to someone who's under mind control, you can put in front of them as much evidence as you like, absolutely unquestionable evidence that they're under mind control and they're in a cult. Uh, But they'll never get it because they're programming. Think of a computer that's been firewalled not to process certain information. Mm. Like the Chinese uh, computer system doesn't read um, great chunks of the Internet. So um, you can put anything in front of them, no matter how compelling, uh, but they won't get it because they can't process it because their Mm. program stops them processing it. So in these mind control programs, part of the programming is programming the mind, the brain, not to process any information that exposes the programming. Yeah. Otherwise, you know a lot a lot more people would would see that were programmed and break out of it. they don't want that and and again, the dynamic is exactly the same. so if you look at um, the especially the longer this uh, this hoax has gone on, uh, people are uh, downloading a perception of reality that is becoming more and more solidified in their mind. Uh, So that they literally, like the the people in the cult and the people in the the mind control program, they literally can't process any longer uh, information that would um, expose that their perceptual program is actually what it is uh, and based on lies. And the Mm -hmm. other aspect of this, which closes people off from uh, from information, is that uh, it's. It's very, very hard for people, many people, to face the simple truth Yeah, that this world is yeah. controlled and directed by a psychopathic level of evil that is almost incomprehensible to people who aren't in that mode. Uh, and so, you know, the, 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 the easiest thing to do, is tell people what they want to hear the mm. hard thing to do is tell people what they don't want to hear because the door's already open mm. when they don't want to hear it their door's already closed uh, so they don't want to hear the truth of, of what we're looking at and how this has been planned for a very long time i do understand that why would you want to acknowledge that The world is run by people so bloody evil Mm. that they are quite happy to destroy the lives and the futures of billions of people and manipulate them to have a fake vaccine because it's not a vaccine, it doesn't meet any criteria of the definition of a vaccine Mm. to fill them with uh, uh, um, synthetic. Uh, genetic manipulating DNA, manipulating uh, shite to, to start the process of transforming their bodies from a um, a biological to a synthetic biological state. Now, who the hell wants to face that? That that, that people would uh, create lockdown for no other reason than to destroy the independent livelihoods of the population globally. So they become dependent on the few. Yes. Right. Who wants to face that? Well, People who care about the truth and want to do something about it uh, uh, want to face that. They want to know that. But vast chunks of the population, they don't want to know that because they'd rather it not be true. So anyone comes along, you see, um, and tells them, actually, it's not true. These people are all conspiracy theorists, they're tin hat tin for hat people, they're Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> <they're> nat- <laughs> yeah. oh, that's the open door. Oh, really? Thank goodness for that. Yeah. So instead Instead of listening to that and looking at the information, I'll listen to a prat like Matt Hancock uh, and and uh, his mate Johnson, just script readers for the dark suits in the background. And I'll believe them, even though they've been provably lying to us for almost a year incessantly. So, again, it's all about psychology and uh, the the, the whole basis of it is psychology. People go under house arrest uh, weekly. Because of two reasons, one psychologically they believe that what they're being told about the deadly virus is true. And two, uh, they think there's something not right here, but they're frightened of standing up against authority and what it's telling them to do. And those two states of the mind are the reasons we are where we are. absolutely. It's, um,
0: it, it seems to me, I think you hit the nail on the head there, David, a lot when, um, it, you to speak up against what's going on at the minute, the The attacks are getting very swift. I'm finding that. Um, and what you get hit with is, well, prove it. And and I was having a conversation the other week with somebody, and I said, well, prove to me what you're saying is right. Why is it only those who speak up against things that we have to have proof, whereas I'm being told things every day, and I'm not getting any proof that it's actually happening? Uh, and and to me we get called insane but at this moment in time I think that is the most sanest thing you can do is lose your mind in this world and go back <laughs> to your true consciousness that's that's that because I feel like Stephen it is a war on our consciousness
1: yeah it's a war on consciousness and 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 consciousness is is perception uh, yeah, yeah consciousness dictates your perception so if you're if you're coming from an expanded state of consciousness, you will see a situation in a certain way. And if you're coming from a much more limited state of consciousness, doesn't mean you're inferior. It means you're making the decision, actually, to yeah. only be conscious to a level that is way below your potential to be conscious. Yeah. What I, you know what I call the five sense mind. Well, this this whole uh, manipulation uh, by this global cult is to. To hold people in a state of five sense perception, five sense, what 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 bravely called consciousness. Um, uh, therefore, can I see it, touch it, taste it? Oh, okay, it exists. Then, if I can't, then it doesn't. Uh, and and if the government authority says so, then it must be true. And if someone's challenging that, well, uh, well, prove it then. Well, why don't you let the government prove it? Well, yeah, the government doesn't prove it. It's the government. You know, this is this is the way it works. But the irony is. But it is provable. (laughs) Provable, (laughs) for instance, that the PCR test, which is producing all the cases, does not test for a virus that is infectious to humans. It doesn't. It is provable fact that the vaccine is not a vaccine. The official definition of a vaccine is something that affects the immune system in a way that protects the body against a particular disease. That's the definition of a vaccine. Mm. Not even the manufacturers of these uh, COVID fake vaccines claim that it stops transmission or stops you getting it. The only thing they say, well, you know, it might make the worst of the symptoms better. But even when you break down, it's no uh, testing background it doesn't even prove that that's true uh, and you've got uh, uh companies making the vaccines who have nothing to lose and everything to gain because they have immunity from prosecution for all the effects of their vaccines which are now becoming more and more obvious the more it's rolled out and um you have um uh, makers of the vaccines that have conducted the bloody tests So, I mean, how much proof do you need that there's a scam here? Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, everywhere you look, uh, name one risk assessment on the effects psychologically and uh, in terms of health of long term mask wearing. One risk assessment that's been done by any government, any police force, any supermarket that's now pushing this stuff. On their customers, not one has been done. But 50, 60 or more independent scientific studies have been done to show A, that masks don't protect you from viruses, uh, and B, uh, the uh, potential health and psychological damage of of long term mask wearing is phenomenal. Mm. But we're back. If you don't want to face reality, Because you haven't got the courage and the backbone to face reality, even though your kids are going to face a nightmare because of that reality. Yeah. Then you're not going to listen to anyone who's communicating information to point out that the reality you don't want to face is actually the reality. So you'll say to someone who's telling you what you don't want to hear, prove it to me. Yeah, you won't say that to someone who's telling you what you do want to hear, mm. and really, you know, it is like walking around a kindergarten, and I say that with the greatest of respect to children. It's like walking around a kindergarten, uh, and we're seeing a real parting of the ways here. Um, unfortunately, uh, between those who have decided that yes, I will actually have a mind of my own, and I will celebrate that fact. And those that say, uh, if I have a mind of my own, I've got to face a reality I don't want to face. So I'm just going to crack on as if um, all those people that have a mind of their own are nutters, and I'm going to believe whatever the government tells me. And, you know, what level of compliance, what level of servitude does it take And this will be happening to a lot of people around the world, to sit at home under house arrest, with your family under house arrest, knowing that the policies that are being imposed upon you, or you're acquiescing meekly to, are destroying your livelihood. If you've got a business, you're destroying your business, Mm. or employment with those businesses, destroying your employment. Um, And yet you're defending the abuser. Now, how many times have I heard um, with that film I mentioned earlier and other situations through my life, abused people saying, uh, 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 say say a a partner, a male partner is abusing a woman. The number of times I've heard a woman say, well, you know, he's all right, really, you know, just as his moments... Yeah, and in those moments, he knocks the living crap out of you. Oh, yeah, mm. but you don't, it's not always like that. It's only when he's had a drink, you know. <laughs> and it's it's like the same thing. You're having these abused people defending the abuser, and what it is is it, there's a name for it. It's called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome is when um, uh, you are say taken hostage by by terrorists or something. And you end up uh, defending, even promoting, even falling in love with the terrorists that have taken you hostage. Uh, 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 And I see Stockholm syndrome everywhere. Uh, And those of us that don't fall for it, well, we've got a responsibility. And and that is to keep uh, talking and keep pressing forward and doing everything we can to, uh, to challenge this narrative. And the narrative is so ludicrous it's so unsupportable by evidence that that's yeah. where all the mass hysterical censorship comes from they can't defend their narrative their claims with open debate because the the whole thing those house of cards will come down in 5 minutes so what they do is they um, they simply silence um that uh, debate so it can't happen and people only hear what um what the authorities decide that they can uh here and when you mm-hmm. reach a point where uh the um the president of the united states just left trump i'm no trump supporter my god no um and uh biden don't start me but yeah. um but but when you uh, as uh, twitter and so on can actually silence um the president of the united states because it because it doesn't fulfil your um community guidelines <laughs> and and i i i've found a great definition of the of um uh, the community guidelines of facebook and uh, youtube and uh, and twitter um and uh, which i was i was writing uh, uh, earlier today um if the cult wants it it stays up if the cult doesn't want it it gets deleted that they are literally when you break it down they are the community guidelines of these um these internet platforms. So, if you're saying something that supports the narrative, and it's something that this cult wants wants circulating, it doesn't matter if it's abusive. Doesn't matter if it's threatening um, someone's life. Doesn't matter if you're passing on um, child porn and graphic material. Stays up. But um, if because there's a there's a lawsuit I was seeing on the on the website today running where um one of these platforms is being uh, taken to court for allowing child pornography to circulate um and saying that they can't take it down because it doesn't break their guidelines (sighs) what this is what i mean if it's Mm. if the cult wants it then doesn't matter how abusive it is or anything it it doesn't get censored but if if the um, if the cult doesn't want it which owns these platforms of course then um then it comes down, even though it's it's just mild, provable um, information. Uh, this is the whole criteria. Yeah. That that censorship
0: seems to be coming more swiftly and swiftly uh, as the weeks have passed, uh, David. With uh, you know so many people being taken down and platforms, and and uh, most notably, Parlour as well, that was very swiftly
1: dismantled. Um, uh, well, that's you know, an this- point you see because. When when people like me were banned by uh, all these platforms, uh, it was almost a war medal. You know, I mean, you know, uh, (laughs) they they want to silence you. You must be saying something, right? Uh, But what people say is, well, they've every right to do that because they're private companies. And and, and so they can decide who goes on and who doesn't. Okay, 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 let's follow that through. So what do they say to you? You want to go and start your own platform. Uh, uh if you if you're bothered exactly so, so then parlor does and they take it down and yeah. who takes it down amazon google etc uh, uh apple uh and and this is ever daily confirmation of how this cult works because yeah i believe they also lost their uh, legal team as well yeah everybody people are dropping off around them so so you've got this global web And um, all these different apparently unconnected organizations like Apple and Microsoft and and, uh, Amazon and Google and YouTube, though Amazon or YouTube is owned by Google, Um, they're not unconnected. They are all attached to this web. And through this web, that's why they move as one unit. That's why they moved as one unit against Pilar. And what you've got is um, you've got the – the psychopaths who are knowingly doing this, those that run Amazon and these other platforms I'm talking about. But then you've got other people who are not directly connected to the cult, lawyers, uh, uh, a lot of them are, the, 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 the big ones, but a, a lot of them aren't. Um, and you've, um, you've got um, uh, other platforms that could host Parler who are not as big as the, the giants, but could still host them. Yeah. Um, and, and they pull out because representatives of the cult in all their forms say to them, um, do you, um, you work with parlor and we'll destroy you. Mm-hmm. And so they go, Oh, and they pull out, yeah. you know, the, the number of venues over the years, because you know people say all oh, this censorship. I've been following. I've been, I've been experiencing censorship thirty bloody years. I'm, yeah, I'm well aware of how it works. Uh, about, you know, I, I was dealing with censorship before anyone had bloody heard of it. But so, what would you you would have is um, you book a venue uh, to to do a do a do a talk, um, an evening talk an all day talk, whatever. Uh, maybe a hotel. It may be a, you know, like a, a, a theater or whatever. And uh, they'd take the booking and they would have a problem. And then they'd get a call from uh, the usual suspects uh, who would say, um, this guy's uh, uh, all these things. All of them lies, but don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, people are always uh, asking the question, uh, not only, um, what's in it for me, but how is this going to affect me? So the venue uh, listens to this, and most of them at this point pull out. Uh, If they don't, and they say, no, we're not having it, uh, freedom of speech, they then uh, uh, start getting contacted by people who say, we're going to destroy your theatre. We're going to destroy your hotel. Um, You won't get – we'll absolutely destroy it. You won't get any business – if you have this guy on, and most of, the, of them at that point, like the lawyers, et cetera, with Parlour, will, will then pull out. And I, I, I know this to be true because it's happened to me so many times. Uh, and uh, so this, this is how it works. So we're just seeing a, a global version of it now.
0: Yeah. In, I just wanted to change the subject slightly, but it's still on the same <laughs> subject the distortion is i had a a bit of synchronicity occur recently and i've actually been reading your book um human race get off your knees and what came to this as well was i was uh, watching some of graham hancock's work Uh, and in terms of synchronizing the in terms of history and how certain pieces of history how they've been not misrepresented, but not looked into properly. Uh, and the distortion of history, which I believe is all part, when when you mentioned, David, this stuff hasn't been going on for a year or two years. It's been going on a very, very long time. Now, I don't know if, how you feel about Graham Hancock's work or uh, in terms of that, but when we're talking about the times when we had this technology before, when we've been advanced before, um, and I don't know what your thoughts on
1: that, what, what your comments would be. Well, I, I, you know, I've written um, a, a stream of books going back to uh, 1991. Uh, and uh, they're multifaceted in their um, information. All right. They're about the same theme, but they are very different in the various areas that they research and reveal. And, uh OK, at the moment, I'm concentrating, obviously, on current events because they need to be focused upon. Yeah. But over the years from the 1990s uh, onwards, uh, I- I've done a tremendous amount of research into into where this all came from. And uh, the fact that um, history has been completely distorted. Yeah. But, you know. I'll give you a simple a simple uh, um example of the reason they want to rewrite history because by doing that they change and distort your perception of the present so simple example um if you uh and this has happened more and more you change the way that history is taught very important subject but of course it's a a a, Diminishing subject in the education system. Uh, So if you distort history and you leave out the fact that what we call socialism, in other words, um, the the Stalinism that's called socialism and the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party that's called socialism and Pol Pot that was called socialism, have been responsible for at least hundred million deaths um, over the last um, hundred years or so. Then um, you will have people, young people, as they are today, not least in America, mm. saying um, we have to replace um, capitalism with socialism uh, because, and they'll they'll say it almost as if it's um, it's a new idea. And they'll talk about Marxism, when, as I've shown in my books, Karl Marx was the banker's boy. He wasn't the man of the people. He was a banker's boy. He was put up there to articulate a form of central control, controlled by the few of the men, he called Marxism. But there's no difference except in, you know, a uh, 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 detail between mm-hmm. Marxism and fascism. They're both the same very few dictating to the very many and imposing their will through violence and um, and all the things that go with tyranny. Mm. Uh, it's, it doesn't matter whether you call it communist. Oh, well, well, no. Stalin was a communist and and Hitler was a was a a, a fascist. Okay. Um, so tell me what the difference was <laughs> in Germany and uh, and and Russia for the people. Mm.
2: It's Absolutely. Different
1: yeah so uh if you can rewrite history and not teach the 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 historic facts about what communism does what called socialism does um then and and you know you look at communism uh, in russia it was the few dictating to the many through the the uh the governmental communist structure uh, of um of the country, same in China now. Fascism, tiny few dictating through uh, corporations and the government to the very many. It's the same thing. But what you have now in America, for instance, because of the total confusion about history and the way it's been taught, is these people who want uh, socialism, i.e. Marxism, are saying that they're anti-fascist, right? But fascism is just another form of Marxism yeah. in terms of its impact on the people. So uh, manipulating history manipulates your perception of the present. And one of the uh, things that uh, has been uh, manipulated is the idea that human development, if you like, has only ever gone forward. And it, it's gone like that. So we now are at the cutting edge of human potential uh, at, at this point. We are, we are at the fur- furthest forefront of uh, of uh, human potential in, in human history. Mm. Um, well, what I would say is, have a look at the world of ancient Egypt and what um, was done, what was built, and then go and have a look at Cairo today, right? And tell me that societies only go forward. They don't. Yeah. Because what is a society based on? What is it based on in terms of where it is, wherever it is? Knowledge. Yeah. Now, if, if you develop a knowledge that allows you the potential to do certain things, which we would call advanced Well, your society will be advanced if that knowledge is allowed to express itself. Mm -hmm. But if something comes along like fantastic cataclysms that basically wipe out that society globally and in doing so, wipe out that knowledge. Then your society is going to go from the height of um, of knowledge, potential. Its state of being and it's going to fly. So. What today would happen in this cutting edge society if um, we didn't have access to oil and we didn't have access even more to electricity it would be over. We'd, we'd be we'd be um, absolutely flying back. Uh, into uh, into uh, a, a highly deprived every person for themselves society. Uh, of 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 um anything but uh, an advanced uh, society and very quickly with the loss of that electricity and the the loss of that communicative power um, the world on which that electricity well, with, or which that world was founded electricity high technology based on electricity and all that very quickly that would start to fade as the generation started moving and the people that directly experienced the cataclysm those that survived uh, that ended that society uh, as they, they 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 died and other generations followed them other generations are being born into a very very different society and slowly but surely probably more than uh, very much quicker than slowly memories of that high tech society would be disappearing. They would would now be myths and legends. And then eventually they they would be dismissed. Um, And it's very clear, and I started on this research um, way back, very early in the 1990s, that very clearly there was a massive cataclysmic event that affected the earth, but wasn't only of the earth, that it, it, it um, affected other uh, planetary bodies um, in which um, the folklore legends remember it as the war of the gods in the heavens. Mm-hmm. And it must have been, what, only about 1993 when I was researching this, I read a book um, called... Um, you probably can't get it anymore. I've got a copy here somewhere <laughs> uh, called When the Earth Nearly Died or The Day the Earth Nearly Died. And it was two researchers. And what they did was um, look at all the ancient legends around the world of uh, a um, cataclysm uh, being described. I mean, just not, not, you know, an earthquake. I mean, all beyond human comprehension today, where whole mountain ranges were forming. Where the world was being uh, redrawn um, where a lot of the legends of the great flood come from this there was a a tsunami a tidal wave when it seems the earth actually moved you know and you move Mm. the earth when most of it's sea water what's going to happen and and um, so what they did is they looked at all these legends that were describing this very compelling common detail uh, common themes And then they looked at the biological and geological record of the Earth to see if uh, they matched the legends, and they did. Just compellingly, um, that what was being described can be seen in the biological and geological record. And it brought an end, it would seem, to a, in whatever way you want to describe it, an advanced society And one of the names that's passed through history and the legends and the myths of that time is the Golden Age. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing about if you research with an open mind, you realize the scale of deceit is stunning. It's it's almost Mm. total and all-encompassing, the deceit, not least of, of history. And I've got a book up here um it's very very expensive now uh, to buy because it's out of print you you look go on the internet to, to get a copy it's through the really roof um it should be back in print it's a great book it's called the saturn myth and uh so this researcher david tolbert he's a, a, an american an a excellent researcher into these things uh he um n- not as not as uh, as well known as uh, as hancock but Colbert is 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 brilliant at what he does. Yeah. And what he did is he he looked at legends and uh, myths all over the world in all the different cultures about Saturn. Uh, And, you know, the the book's called The Saturn Myth, because he was looking at all the myths about Saturn. And what he found is the common themes were fantastic. And also, started to realize what so many of these different symbols, which actually, when you break them down, are the same symbols that um, appear in the different cultures, symbolizing um, things that, you know, what's that symbol of? He realized that they were actually symbolizing Saturn. And that um, if you look at um, ancient Rome, which was a big conduit for this cult moving through history, the Roman Empire, um, their major god was Saturn. And indeed, our Christmas um, is just a, a, a reformed version of the Roman festival of Saturnalia. It, uh, Saturnalia, which was in the run up to the winter uh, solstice and uh, what is our Christmas, um, they used to have decorated trees. They used to exchange gifts. They had holly and all this stuff. Uh, and. Our Christmas is actually a modern version of Saturnalia, and you know I've been to Rome many times, and and there, in in among the ruins, is the ruins of the Temple of Saturn. So, and and Saturn, you know the 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 ancient Greek <laughs> Cronus uh, uh, was the, the the personification god of uh, Saturn, mm. and um, Saturn in uh, ast- astrology uh, rules time. And if you look at the way the ancient Greeks um, described Kronos and portrayed Kronos, he is what we call today Old Father Time. And Old Father Time is the long beard. This is Uh, Kronos. Old Father Time, Saturn, um, rules time. Mm. And Old Father Time holds a scythe. And that relates to the agricultural relationship that was said to be of Saturn, who was a god of agriculture. Uh, and, but the question is this you see, when you look at Saturn where it is now, why would it be such a focus of the ancient world and the far ancient world? There's no reason for it. Why would it be? You know, no. a light in the sky. And without telescopes, it, you know, it might even be less than that. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 much of the year. So why? But then you look at Talbot's research and what he's describing. And what these legends and myths are describing about Saturn, and that is that Saturn, at one point in the golden age, was actually a second son of the Earth. And they describe Saturn as being the the focus, the focus light, if you like, not the sun that we have today, but the real focus light in relation to the sun, uh, to the Earth was Saturn. And there's no mention, and I go into this in the books, but there's no mention in any of these myths that Saturn had rings. And when you then go through all the symbols, you realise why, and the legends, you realise why there is this such massive focus on Saturn in the ancient world, where there never would be if it was where it was where, where it is now. And and when you and, and if you go on the internet and you 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 um or YouTube and you you put David Talbot in and uh, and um, the you know the day the, the, the Earth changed, or, or worse to the effect of, of of a cataclysm in the heavens, you'll see a, a, a brilliant um, film, an animated film, of, of what he says these myths say about what happened to Saturn. Because what's described is this war of the gods in the heavens. Something happened that um, caused massive cataclysms and a number of planets to to move Move, move locations it affected Mars massively. There were massive interactions with with Mars, electromagnetic interactions, which uh, were absolutely uh, massively involved in these cataclysms on Earth that are described in the ancient myths. Uh, Venus went walkabout. Jupiter was affected and uh, and Saturn uh, was massively affected and, and completely changed its location. Uh, and it. That was the, and, and this is not millions of years ago. This is far enough back to still be remembered in the, um, the native histories and the almost genetic memory of, of uh, sections of the population. It's been passed through in various, various myths. And so that did for the Golden Age Society. And I've just described basically the process when I talked about what would happen to us today if um electricity suddenly disappeared. Yeah. Um, you, it, the people that those that survived, and they weren't enormous numbers, um, when they started to go from the direct memory of it, and generations followed, uh, the um they took they the the memory of it was passed over in myths and legends, yes, but it was fading and fading and fading. And when, and if you pick up um, traditional history, uh, you know the the history of the official stories, they talk about Sumer, which became Babylon. Now yeah. that, that area uh, between the Euphrates um, uh, and um, the Tigris rivers, the uh, a a real focus in in the ancient world, that area was, um, then they talk about Sumer being the cradle of civilization. You will have heard of that. Sumer was the cradle of civilization. No, 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 no. no. Sumer was when humanity reached a certain level of um, awareness, knowledge in the aftermath of the cataclysm that mm. took it away so it wasn't the cradle of civilization it was the re-emergence of what they call civilization absolutely um, a long long period of recovering <laughs> from this phenomenal cataclysm and then you you pick up the other legends of atlantis and lemuria or mu which were uh, massive land masses which disappeared under the ocean. And, you know, then you come to uh, the work of people like Hancock and uh, all the uh, fantastic uh, pyramids and temples and uh, buildings, um, uh, clearly built by an advanced culture, that are found deep under the ocean. You know, uh, and um, there's, there's famous ones around the Caribbean, for instance. But yeah. But but these are remnants of that civilization that went before. And just think about uh, about this one. Um, Another thing that I've I've written about in my research over the years is that when this cataclysm happened, there was a dramatic shift in human consciousness. and not a shift upwards. either. Mm. And so let's, let's just look at, uh, at, at this and then relate it to that. What is astrology? Astrology um, is the science of the interaction of information fields. That's actually what it is. So we are an information field. Part of our 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 makeup is an electromagnetic information field. In fact, the body is a a, a holographic expression of that information field. And we live within a sea of energy, which is actually a sea of information, vibration, frequencies. Yeah. And we're interacting with that all the time. And and, uh, uh, how do you affect all the fish at the same time? You affect the sea. You don't have to affect, uh, in, uh, affect every fish to affect every fish. You affect the ocean Let they swim in it. And then every fish is affected. And anything that affects this ocean of energy that we are part of and interacting with, um, it's like, a, it's like a, <clears throat> an interaction with Wi-Fi where our vibrations, thoughts, emotions, awareness is um, communicated into the field, which affects the field, and the state of the field affects us. Now, this cult knows this. This is why it's constantly trying to um, hold down the vibration of this field, because then it, it affects us and holds us in. Uh, Absolutely. Unless, unless we make the decision to, to go beyond that and expand our own consciousness, and then we can go beyond the influence of that. But most people are caught in it because they don't know there's anything to be caught in because of suppression of knowledge about how all this works. So let's come back to astronomy, astrology knowledge. Although astronomy and astrology in the ancient world were basically two sides of the same thing. Yeah. Now they've been pulled apart. Oh, this is astronomy. Oh, yes, you know, so I'm an intellectual. I know about astronomy. Oh, you, astrology, you're NASA, right? You know, <laughs> actually, in the ancient world, they were treated as one science. Anyway, yeah. what's, um, what happens is that we are an information field and every planet and every star, and I, I would strongly suggest that Jupiter and, and, and Saturn are actually a form of star, Especially uh, Saturn in its in its in its uh, uh, earlier incarnation, big time. Um, this is why both planets still give off more energy than they receive from the sun. Anyway, um, as they as they though the, well, their very existence wherever they are is impacting upon the field because of the energy, the information field, the consciousness that they are expressing. Mm. But as these planets move into these different alignments, conjunctions, trines, etc., the sum total of their impact on the field is greater than their individual parts. Let me just get rid of this. um, Okay. Um, And uh, so. This is why certain conjunctions like we just had this this Saturn Jupiter alignment uh, on the 21st of December are considered so important. Yeah. Anyway, so as they move around and they go through these different um, combinations, they're impacting on the field. And through that, they are impacting on us. Uh, and, you know, I, I won't go to it now, but you can break it down to the impact of when you are born uh, or some say conceived. On, on the field uh, and the effect of the, um, the field at that time, which is impacted by where the planets are at that time. And so as you go through your life, your field is going to interact uh, with the movement of the planets during your lifetime in a different way to someone born at a different time, uh, mm. exactly at a different point in the cycle. Anyway, we go back and you, you think about this impact that the um, – the planetary bodies have on the field thus on us and our consciousness our awareness all of it and then you go back to what is described not just by people like david tolbert but by emmanuel velikovsky back in the 50s who was ridiculed uh for uh, talking about this very cataclysmic um situation and so much of what he said in the 50s is despite all the ridicule and the attempts to uh to stop the circulation of his books hello Nothing changed. Yeah, that's
0: that seems the pattern, David. Through, yeah, it it's been going a long time. This ridicule of people.
1: Yeah, but this uh, is the point. If the system wants to stop you hearing it, it must be something you need to see. That yeah, absolutely, that, the more absolutely. They, they try to uh, censor you, whether it's Velikovsky or me or anybody, the more the, the it gives credibility to the information that they are they are uh, communicating. But. So you had a certain planetary situation. The the planets, stars, whatever you want to call them, were in a certain situation within the solar system. And by being in that situation, they were impacting on the field, which was impacting on humans. That was was the, the situation, that was the norm, the way things were. But when this cataclysm happened, It was all rearranged. So planets went into new locations and as they went into new locations, sometimes like Saturn, seriously new locations. um, They started to impact on the field in a very, very different way. Of course, they would, because, you know, if you've got like um, electrons going around a a nucleus in in an atom, and suddenly they they change what they where they are and what, and what they're giving off the 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 the, the atom's going to change, the energy of the atom is going to change. It has to. Do. So it starts to make sense that in the aftermath of of what I'm describing, what Tolbert's describing, what Velikovsky was describing, that there would be this shift in consciousness, this sh- change in consciousness. So people actually thought differently, saw things differently, were much more five sense orientated than they were before in the golden age, really. much more expansion of consciousness. And, and, and I talk about in the books of how the, uh, there, there was a force behind all this that's, that's, that wanted that consciousness to change. Um, and that's the, the force uh, in the unseen, which is actually behind this cult, and this cult uh when you um track and um research it's major players and a lot of it's not major players you inevitably lead into pedophilia and you lead into satanism and they take part in these satanic rituals to the gods and they are the same gods that the ancients used to sacrifice people to um so it makes sense that You know, I've uncovered over the years, as other people, how these human sacrifice rituals are still going on, not least of children uh, perpetrated by this very um, this very cult. And so these people may be sick and they may be deeply disturbed, but on an intellectual level, they're not stupid and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't be doing rituals to gods unless whatever you that form those gods take those gods existed. Um, and so that—that's what they're worshipping in their satanic rituals. I'm not talking about you know the, the the smaller ones where they're playing at it. I'm talking about the big rituals of the of the the, the major players. Um, they are actually um, interacting in these rituals with this force that mm. ultimately is behind all this. And this force is the common theme through human history since the cataclysm that has led us to where we are now. And I tell you, when you you read my books and um, and you uh, you see uh, this background and then you see where we're being taken now and why, the two make perfect sense.
0: Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask it. And um, it's something that uh, because I believe on our journeys that sometimes things are put in our path uh, information for us to go to or sometimes it's just placed within us and, uh you know it's subconsciously um but i believe those two what you've explained i really appreciate uh the answer you've given that it links it all together it is part of what's going on now uh, and, well, and i truly believe what we're going through that we do have an opportunity if we're willing to go into another golden age we can take it that way if we wish to
1: yeah i mean They're not trying to hold the population into a in a low vibrational state of isolation, consciousness isolation in the five senses, because it's a bit of fun. It's because they have to do it. They can only um, control an ignorant population. And the whole system is set up from cradle to grave to keep people in that ignorance. You know, this is I'm not condemning people and saying "You're, you're ignorant. You are. By ignorance, Mm -hmm. I mean lack of knowledge. And the whole system is set up to hold humanity in that state of lack of knowledge that is called ignorance. Yeah. Because we live in a – well, I mentioned this last time we spoke. But we live in a world that's actually two worlds. There's the world of the the population, and that has a certain level of knowledge that is fiercely limited. And then you have this other world, which is this – global network of secret societies and semi-secret groups that I call the cult that passes through the generations, this is why secret societies are secret, information, knowledge that it doesn't want the population to know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. part of that knowledge is where the world's being taken. You know, I couldn't be so accurate in predicting current events if current events were random. Nor could George Orwell, nor could uh, Aldous Huxley with Brave New World. Absolutely. In
0: his name's been mentioned a lot lately, George Orwell
1: absolutely yeah. and and older Saxondy we've got the old genetic uh, uh drug side of the manipulation back in 1932 and both had access to the 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 you know the this other world. I'm not saying Orwell was part of the other world, he was uncovering the other world you know like I have been uh, uh, you know because what 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 we're doing is going to this other world. Uh, not not going in it, but researching it, uncovering what's going on there as much as we can, yeah. and we're taking that information and putting it in the world of the population. This is what's yeah. going on. And because the population has been kept in such a limited state of knowledge by this systematic uh, cult manipulation, when the truth of what actually this world is doing and how it's doing it is given to much of the population, they just laugh at you, call you a tinfoil hat and a nutter. Um, yeah. You just have to live with that because the the dynamic of of the two worlds you, you're gonna you're gonna face that. But more and more and more people, not least since the turn of twenty twenty, are now starting to open their minds also to to see the world in a different way. So part of this knowledge that's kept from us is obviously where the world's being taken, because they want us to believe that events are random and have no connection. Because if you see the connections. Yeah. That's why i call I call my books dot connecting books uh, then then it, you don't see uh, uh random dots you see pictures once you know how they connect but the other side of this knowledge that's systematically kept from the population fundamental without mm. which the other stuff could work is knowledge of the nature of reality and the true nature of the eye which is not the body it's the consciousness experiencing through the body and that consciousness um can um can be the size of a pea, or it can be infinite in nature, and that's not you know I'm infinite in nature. You've got consciousness the size of a pea, uh, 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 so I'm better than you. No, it's a choice yeah. because um, you know we talk about um, we talk about consciousness, and I am this consciousness, and you're that consciousness, and you're that consciousness. Well, yeah, because you're 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 an individual point of attention at this point perceiving through the body which focuses attention in a certain very narrow band of frequencies we call the world that is the band of frequency of this world the visual world that we see is so narrow it's almost laughable i don't think that's an accident either anyway um, but actually we every individual whatever your point of consciousness or point of attention we are also all other consciousness. We are the whole as we are the focused attention. The two are the same. Mm. This, is why, this is why racism is so ludicrous, um, because um, we're all the same consciousness having different experiences. Yeah, The vehicle is, is what we call racism. But they're just vehicles mm. to experience. And, and if you notice, because it all connects, this um, identity politics. Is about subdividing uh, what I call phantom self, uh, because there's the infinite self consciousness. And then there's the label self, what I call phantom self. This is believing the I is I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm this race, I'm that race, I'm that religion, I'm this sexuality uh, uh, and so on. No, no, that's what you're experiencing. It's not what you are. The true I, the true I is consciousness, ultimately all consciousness.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so when, you, um, when you want to control people, you don't want them to know that they are all that is, has been and ever can be, having a brief experience called human. You don't want them to know that. No. You want them to self-identify with limitations. So you want them to self-identify with the labels and uh, the life story and all this stuff. And so we've had men and we've had women and we've had, you know, different labels. But what they have done in with identity politics is all part of this manipulation is to subdivide and subdivide the original labels. So this uh, row of letters is getting longer and longer and longer as people like LBGT, blah, 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 as people self-identify. In more and more and more minute tie of self identity. So you're not all that is, as being ever can be, having an experience. You are that experience. And not only that, you are that subdivision of that experience. So so people say to self, just uh, who buy that, it gets smaller and smaller and more myopic. Um, and, And that's what the cult wants. It wants people in that state. But anytime we choose, anytime we choose, we can self-identify with being the consciousness, having the experience and everything changes. Everything changes because when when you expand your awareness, and you know, it's not, you know, I'm Buddha sitting cross-legged on a mountain. Anyone can do it, it's a choice. (laughs) Yeah. But what are you doing Is you're expanding your consciousness? You're expanding your awareness, you're expanding your point of attention further and further and further into the infinite field of consciousness, of which everyone is ultimately not only a part, but they are. So um, as you do that, you start to play the long game and not the short game. The short game is I am um, my labels, and I've got uh, the biblical three score years and 10, and then I'm out of here. And either I'm going to be judged by some God, because uh, uh, some guy in a frock's told me I will be, or I'm just <laughs> going to disappear into nothingness because there is no afterlife, right? So that, that, that that's basically the choice. Um, and so you're going to play the short game. And you're going to look at this life in a completely different way to someone who is aware of their true nature and plays the long game. What I mean by short and long game is this. Um... If you have an experience like uh, being intimidated by the police over lockdown, or being being um, you know um, forced to do this or do that, and you, do, you you you're frightened of standing up, well you you will be frightened of standing up because you're playing the short game, and to you you know this is a short life, and you you, know, you don't want to face the consequences of actually doing what you know to be right, which is to stand mm-hmm. up this crap. But when you're playing the long game. Not only the moment, the experience in the moment, but the whole human life experience from greater the grave for the body, not you, um, is, um, is just a infinitesimal smear in the exploration of forever. Forever. So that state of long game consciousness does not see standing up to authority as an experience, as intimidating because it's just a brief infinitesimal experience in the journey through forever. Uh, and, and even the human life itself is, is a smear within forever in terms of what we call time. And what, what you, you realize is that whatever you're experiencing is just an experience in that moment and there'll be another one along eventually and then another one and then another one and then another one and eventually you leave the body and you expand uh, back into a greater awareness of self so you know it's um it's a completely different way of looking at the world and looking at life and and, and you will do things you will stand up for things because, because expanded levels of consciousness do what they know to be right they don't think, um, well, how will this affect me or uh, what are the consequences for me yeah. they're into traps and, and just just, you know, do kamikaze things for the sake of it. But when it comes down to it, they will do what they know to be right. And the consequences will have to take care of themselves, because if I'm going to not do what I know to be right, because I fear the consequences of doing that then I'm not in any expanded state of consciousness because consciousness in that state does not do that. Yeah. And, and so instead of um, acquiescing to authority, wearing masks to tell you and all this other stuff, um, closing your business down because they tell you, um, you won't do it. You won't obey authority when you know that authority is simply imposing a will on you to destroy you and to enslave you. You won't do it. Uh, this won't let you do it. But if you're in that uh, state of consciousness, then such things can be incredibly intimidating, and incredibly frightening. And that's why they want to hold us in that state. And this manipulation and psychological manipulation we started talking out, uh, about at the start is all part of this process of breaking down the psyche and the perception and the sense of self so that you come become more and more and more yeah. a prisoner of the five senses uh and get further and further away from uh being influenced by the true self the true i which is the consciousness that's um that's behind the experience very very much so but uh, that's the way i feel
0: as well that's the way i see things at the moment and as well as when we open that way um it, it it wipes away the fear there is no fear it becomes, it becomes you know?
2: effortless doesn't it life becomes yeah. effortless because you you are you're trusting in the knowing rather than this false belief system that we've indoctrinated with when we were born we have this <laughs> this intuitiveness we are guided effortless and it is a beautiful experience when you go through that
0: i mean there's a fat uh it's uh I've only been about I'm about a quarter of the way through this book, uh, your book, David, and one of the uh, quotes in it uh, about being on a river. And if you imagine the your life like a river and the conscious your mind, sorry, your mind will take you to the next bend in that river. But your consciousness will take you to where the river leads. And I thought that was such a fantastic analogy. (laughs) I know it's not word for word. But for me, that's so true. You start to recognise experiences totally different, not saying, oh, my God, why has this happened to me? Why is this happening
1: for me? Yeah. Where does it lead? Yeah, what you're describing is um, um, the five-sense mind, symbolically, can see the next turn on the river. Yeah. But expanded states of consciousness, just another level of the same eye, can see the river from source to sea. So... An individual experience. Um, I've I've used this analogy before in terms of the river. You are um, you are uh, canoeing down the river, and you've set your mind on getting to a certain place in the river by nightfall. And as you're paddling down the river, um, which you've never been down before, uh, you uh, spring a leak in the canoe, and you get yourself to the bank. And you're bloody furious um, because you're not going to get what your mind has set its mind on, which is that location on the river that night. Mm. And you're sitting there spitting, uh, spitting blood and feeling sorry for yourself. And someone comes along and says, um, hey, mate, you were so bloody lucky. There's a freaking massive waterfall behind that bend. (laughs) bend. If you'd have kept going, mate, it was over.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and and I know from my own life experience, uh, as I've said in the books, uh, life gives you your greatest gifts, brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmares. Yeah, uh, and, and some of the most so true. Parts of my life have given me the most, but because it is a it is a a river from source to sea, it's not just the individual experience in the moment. That's just the individual experience in the moment. Uh and it's a completely different way of looking at life. Uh, And so another part of this, from a consciousness point of view, um, one of the great prisons that people live in, along with the fear of what other people think, massive prison, is fear of death. Fear of death is colossal because fear of death is what gets people to give their power away to doctors that don't even know how the body works. Because Mm. if, if you, again, if you are in three score years and 10 perceptual mode, then death is a is a is a big fearful thing to people because well what the hell happens because that's 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 the other thing that this world wants to keep the nature of reality from this world because by keeping it away from this world you 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 instill fear of death in this world fear of being judged by some angry god or fear of just non existence mm. of course we do that every night we go to sleep Anyway, I think I can handle that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, what um, what's, uh, you, um, you're looking at with fear of death is you, you give your power away to anything you think and anyone you think can stop you reaching the end of your life because you fear that. You fear that moment. What's going to happen? Oh, right. Uh, and so you look at um, why people went under house arrest meekly last spring, still now. But, but fewer um in uh, uh, thinking it you know it's, it's it's a danger to them uh but still a lot to do but go, going back last spring vast numbers of people bought the idea there was a deadly virus and what made them go on a house arrest fear of death yeah that, yeah that was that was a major factor in getting people to do that so If I have to go under house arrest and do what this uh, brain dead psychopathically controlled authority tells me, then I will if I think it will save me from what I fear, which is death. Um, But when you lose the fear of death, because you know there is no death, it's just a a, a transition of uh, your awareness from the focus of attention through the body that holds us in these frequencies that we call the world to be released from that, that that limitation and into an expanded state of consciousness and other realities, then um, the fear of death disappears. And so, when you when you you don't fear death, that frees you from many things that would otherwise happen. It frees you from from taking chances. It frees you from um, uh, meekly going under house arrest because you fear uh, some deadly virus. Uh, it, it's a, a a massive freedom. Uh, to lose the fear of death, and that's why they they want to instill it as much as possible. That's what they're Absolutely. that's what they're manipulating. Absolutely, they're manipulating the fear of death. Um, in the back of the brain here is called the the reptilian brain. Uh, it's also called the R complex. Um, and uh, the reptilian brain is where we get uh, things like road rage from and uh, and uh, fight or flight uh, reaction to danger. Uh, and uh, because the the reptilian brain is constantly scanning the environment for threats to survival. Not just survival, death survival, but survival of a relationship, survival of uh, a job, survival of, of, of anything. Uh, and it's constantly scanning the environment for, for these dangers. So um, it's constantly like in an emotional state of, uh, uh, I'm in danger. Uh, and that's what's triggered when um, they manipulate uh that response via telling you you're in danger Mm. whether it's whether it's a war you might be in danger of a terrorist attack you might be in danger of this virus You you might be in danger of that they're triggering this and um this doesn't think it reacts and this is when people will react in a really over the top way. And then they'll move to the thinking levels and they'll say, what the hell was I doing? Saying that, doing that, what was I thinking? Well, you weren't thinking. Because the unthinking reptilian brain response was was kicking in. And they're manipulating that reptilian brain all the time. To keep us in a constant state of fearing not surviving in all these areas of not surviving. And, of course, one of the the, the ones now um, that is very, very uh, understandably prominent is fear of surviving economically. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let, this is all this. Triggering of the reptilian survival response mm. is all part of, um, of what's uh, going on now, because these people, uh, they know what, what to do. So. When you go into a shop without a mask and someone has a go at you for it, that's their reptilian brain seeing you not wearing a mask as a threat to their survival. Yeah. The reptilian brain. That's why they go over the top and, and, and do crazy things.
0: And I think that key word there is trigger as well. Yeah. It's absolutely. Um, I know we're coming up to time here. Have you got a, a question you'd like to ask, Stephen? I, I, I've realised uh, Bobby, you've uh, commented a few times, there's a question there. Um, If you'd like to pause that.
2: Yeah, uh, I will. There. There, there's a I'm few kind of uh, comments. Yeah, there's awesome. a particular <laughs> uh, question uh, that they would like to ask. And, and it's really two parts. It's one of them, about uh, apparently all these deaths in hospitals, this narrative that they're saying these these, I don't know, I don't watch the news, you see. <laughs> That's one thing that I've got <laughs> to not <laughs> It's a narrative that I think is absolutely rubbish in uh, trying to instill fear. Uh, so what's happening in the hospitals and w- with this vaccine? What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, um, look at this time, And someone did this. They did it uh, with a series of uh, Guardian articles um, going back um, through the winters from um, now to 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. And at this time, every year, they said uh, these articles appeared that um, the NHS was being overrun. Mm. Because in the winter, lots of people get ill, not least by flu, uh, which has disappeared worldwide. Flu, because it's been redesignated COVID nineteen.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, uh, and yet, when you look at bed occupancy numbers, actually, uh, there are fewer beds occupied uh, in this period than there were in the same period last year. So uh, and and uh, twenty nineteen. So. Um, What uh, happens is and and, and one other thing that's been happening and this is this has been very prevalent is the number of beds, not least emergency beds have been reduced and reduced over over the years. So you're not even dealing with like with like in terms of capacity. Um, And So there's nothing going on in terms of numbers that is not happening normally. this time every year, you know, some figures came out uh about two weeks ago in America about deaths from all causes in 2020 compared with 2019. And they were about the same. Yeah. But where the hell is this deadly virus? See, if you've got a deadly virus, it doesn't mean if, uh, people don't uh, people stop dying of other things. They go on. Uh, the, the deadly virus is as well as uh, well as not instead of. Um, So why is it, and these figures show this, there was a lady uh, called um, uh, Genevieve Briand. She works at the Johns Hopkins operation in America, University Medical Operation in America. Um, And she came up with these figures, and she was castigated for them. And then the official figures came out weeks later and confirmed that she was right. And what she found was that not only have... um, Deaths from all causes in America, year, this year, twenty twenty, etc., compared with last year, and the year before, the year before, not, um, not any different. But as COVID nineteen figures, death figures have gone up. Deaths from other causes have gone down at the same rate. So deaths from heart disease, deaths from all these different things, deaths from flu, they've gone down. How is that possible? Only by redesignation of those causes of death. To giving giving them a new cause of death, which is not the real cause of death. That's why
2: do they want to do that, then, David? Why do you think they want to do that?
1: Well, because they want you terrified of a new deadly virus, mm. which has never been isolated, never been shown to exist, and is tested for by a test that's not testing for it. <laughs> and and if you um if you are terrified you will have the vaccine or the fake vaccine, which is not really a vaccine. And that's the punchline. You see, um, you know, people, you know, I've been saying since March, there is no bloody virus. And then people say, oh, no, there's a virus. Or there's uh, people in the alternative media have gone, oh, no, 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 there's a, there's, there's a bioweapon, it's a bioweapon. Well, I, I don't say the bioweapon's not the virus. The is the bloody vaccine or what they claim is a vaccine. That's the bioweapon. And the, the, the fake virus is to get the, the, the bioweapon inside you through the fake vaccine. But if you look at um, If you look just look at the figures. The chances of going from alleged infection test with the test, test positive with a, vi- a test, not testing with the virus, going from infection to death. Um, with uh, the alleged COVID-19. The figures are tiny you know with you know beyond the or below the absolutely elderly or are dying all the time of other things it's like ninety nine point nine something percent will not die f- go from infection to fatality mm. so the number the number of people, even by their manipulated figures dying compared with those. Allegedly infected is tiny now. Yeah. It's it's accepted, not nearly near enough, but it's accepted that vast numbers of people who are said to have died of COVID-19 because they put it on the death certificate. Didn't die of COVID nineteen at all. You notice, you know, you know, you notice how the, they 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 say um, often they'll say so and so died with COVID nineteen, not of yeah. it. Yeah, COVID-related. Right? yeah, COVID related. Yeah, COVID related. Uh, what what that means is it's not COVID related. It means that they died of something else, but they tested positive with a test not testing for the virus. So that goes on the test, certificate because now, um, within twenty eight days of a positive test. COVID 19 goes on the death certificate, and in other ways of counting the figures, it can be as much as 60 days. So now take away all those death certificates that say COVID 19 when it was nothing to do with the death of the person, and now take them away from that tiny number said to die, uh, but tiny point something something percentage who are said to die uh, having gone from infection to death. Take, take the, the fake death certificates away from that number. And what are you left with? Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Which, is why, which is why the figures in America are about the same. And, 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 where, and where the figures have gone up, well, why wouldn't they, from that point of view, The non-COVID figures, um, although, of course, so much of this is said to be COVID, but, of course, lockdown is killing lots and lots of people. Lots of people who are not getting um, diagnosis. They're not getting treatment. Uh, Also,
0: suicide rates, David, which you never mentioned on the mainstream
1: media that that, are going through the roof. Absolutely. You, You know... Uh, and a lot of that um, reporting of suicides going through the roof is coming from um, people's personal experience, like medical staff, etc., and uh, mental health staff, et cetera. Um, that's where it's coming from, because trying to get the official figures of suicides to compare them with other years is a hell of a, a challenge. Mm. because they don't want people to know yeah but people's personal experience in dealing with suicide is is, is constant it's it's going through the roof but they want they, they don't want the the the, um, the real truth of that to come out because it will dilute their um, reasons for lockdown and their yeah. justification of lockdown uh, and, and again we come back to the psychology Everything is geared to getting the population to see the situation in a certain way Mm. um, by emphasizing some information and censoring others. Um, But, you know, I mean, they've changed the figures and the reporting of the figures. Do you know, they've they've started to um, um, suppress the figures of um, occupancy in um, ICUs and stuff like that. All these figures that would give you a real grasp on, on actually the government's not telling the truth. They're all being yeah. um, b- being suppressed because they're, they're defending a lie and you can only defend a lie by deleting also, the truth.
0: You also had the lady in, uh believe it was Gloucestershire, who went in the hospital and filmed uh, empty beds, empty wards, and soon after she was visited by the police yeah. uh, and arrested for going in a hospital and just filming. Uh, you know, you'd think with all this going on, what's the problem? You'd think that yeah. would be the least of anyone's problems,
1: yeah. And 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 what started to happen, um, and it happened a, a lot in the spring, of course. The people started going into hospitals this time around and, and just filming empty hospitals. Um, certainly in the areas they went to was absolutely no one. Now, that's uh, that's a real problem because the um, the narrative is that they're overrun all over, overrun, uh, and so you have to intimidate people into no longer doing that. Yeah. So that's why the police turn up and 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 uh, start coming the intimidation tactics because what they they're doing it to that woman, but what they're really saying is to anyone else was thinking of doing it, this is what happens. So I wouldn't do it if I were you. It's all intimidation. And you know what? You notice what happened immediately afterwards. Um, the, the BBC was given um, uh, exclusive access to a, 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 a emergency awards for this yeah. films and stuff. It's all about the narrative because the BBC, of course, is a government department. Mm. I worked there. I worked there for, for many years uh, back in the um, 80s. Uh, I left in 1990 and um, it was not a it was not a bastion of truth then in terms. Of there, there were limits on uh, where, where journalists could go, but it was dreamland compared with now. Um, and, uh, I was there when there was a, uh, a director general called Alistair Milne. And he was the last director general that was committed, um, as best he could with all the pressures on him to, uh, the BBC being, uh, fair, impartial and, um, seeking the truth. So Margaret Thatcher got rid of him because he, because of that. And ever since, uh, the director generals have just been pawns of the system. Uh, mm. BBC has just been absorbed and absorbed and absorbed um, by the government, um, and it's now a government department. And a, a point I would make on this: Oh, I've got this um, got this wire come out, and I, I better not uh, continue uh, without putting it back in, or this <laughs> might go zip and disappear. So we we'll get that anyway. Um, so. The, uh, the, the, the 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 BBC has become this um, this propaganda operation, but not a propaganda operation for a particular party. No, because the BBC will say, "Oh, the left say that we're biased against them, and the right say we're biased against them." No, no, its um, bias is towards the agenda of the cult. That's its bias. So if a government Conservative or Labour is pursuing the agenda of the cult, like this one is currently with Johnson. It will it will be its propaganda arm, the BBC. But in other areas where it's not, um, a government is not going with the, the cult agenda in ver- various little areas like Brexit. The BBC will oppose the government and do everything it can to to um, undermine it. But then the same government pursues the cult agenda with this COVID crack and the government then starts to, uh, the BBC then starts to um, be the propaganda arm of that. So it doesn't matter, you know, what the party is, it's what the party is pursuing in power, mm. deciding whether the, the BBC will, will try to undermine it, like it did with Brexit quite blat- blatantly, or whether it's um, it will promote it as it is now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well... Just want to thank you again, David, for joining us. And uh, there's a lot of opinions coming up on our comments. Of and, uh, and what we're doing is we are presenting this information with everyone. And, and so that you're able to go away and form your truth, look into this stuff, uh, sit with it um, and find your truth. And and this is why it's important. Uh, something Brian Rose said, David, about one of your interviews, which I feel hit the nail on the head, which he yeah. said I don't agree with everything David says, but I will defend his right to say it. And this is what's important. Everybody, this free speech should be around us. We can get this information out there. And, and if something's not right, it will be proven not to be right. As we we walk forward, we don't need people to say, well, just don't listen to that because it's a load of crap. Uh it's, uh, it's being open minded and having these conversations, which is, I know it's the passion of myself and Stephen to do this and to keep this free speech going, speaking with people like yourselves and getting it out
1: there. So I'd like to thank you for being part of that today. Um, but uh, no just problem. I would just say um, that um, I have no problem with people uh, questioning what I say and mm-hmm. having the right to a different opinion. Because I'm confident that what I say has validity. Indeed, geez, I mean, look what's happening now compared with what was in my book saying this is coming. Um, but if you're not confident that what you're saying has validity, in fact, you know it doesn't have validity because it's a scam, that's when you want to censor other people. Because Absolutely. You, can't, you can't face the debate um, because mm-hmm. you know you can't win it. Uh, and in terms of, uh, you know, what you've just said, um, people uh, researching for themselves. How can people have self-respect and not do that? Yeah, because what's important? it's all about self-respect. Where's the self-respect in being told what to do by an authority, like all authorities, with a, a long, long, long history of lying? It's their job. Um, and just accepting it without. A second thought and then attacking those who, are, who who do have the self-respect to question it see if it stands up to scrutiny where's the self-respect in that there is none
0: uh, absolutely and that's uh what's important to to question and to find your find your own truths which is something we feel very passionate about here and uh yeah we hope everybody's able to do that and just been a, a, a really good talk today David, we'd just like to thank you again for your time you've given us. And we could do this for hours. I certainly could. There's so yeah. much we could <laughs> touch upon. I know we we're talking about history, and I know we could do a talk, we could talk for hours on end. Yeah. Um, but I just find we're just, as we said, getting that information out there. And uh, I just want to wish you well with everything you're doing and look forward to speaking to you again in the future. All as right, we well, say, well, as well, we well, say well, at the Purple Mountain, we always say, fight the good fight
1: with love and light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. or cease to cooperate with those that are fighting against you. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to fight them. I just don't want to cooperate with them. Yeah. <laughs> no, me too. Yeah. absolutely. So
0: thanks. Thanks so much, David. And thank you for everybody for joining us uh, until we speak again. Thanks
1: very much. Take care. Thank you,
2: David. Bye. God bless. Bye. 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 Bye.